This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink About It. I've been wondering a lot lately about what people think of me when they see the crazy looks that naturally wash across my face when I'm walking around. Oh, like when you're reacting to something? Yeah, like or just... I mean, I like I was riding my bike the other day, and I was going to a comedy show with a friend, and I stopped my bike at an intersection, and I was like, I was looking into the sun a little bit, and Mike Berbiglia walked past <laughs> yeah. in front of me. <laughs> uh, I did not know that he was going to be performing at this comedy show. It turned out he was, but he just happened to walk past me while I was uh, standing, uh, you know, standing there over my bike waiting for the light to change and I realized that I was scowling because the sun was in my eyes a little <laughs> bit but when I realized that I was looking at Mike Perpiglia I then realized that he looked very uncomfortable and it was hard for me not to <laughs> ascribe that to him thinking that I recognized him and hated him <laughs> I I uh I walk as though the sun's in my eyes all the time. Like, I, have, I can't see in the distance anymore, so I'm always squinting. And this is a problem <laughs> I remember a friend of mine had when we were kids. You know, he always got into fights because people, or people thought he didn't like them, or they, he didn't like them, or he was just an asshole. But he was always squinting, and now that's what I'm doing. I'm, like, squinting off into the distance, like, totally sneering at people, you know? Right. Yeah. I, uh, is that another intersection story, but I was walking back from lunch today and a lady in an SUV, I like stood and waited for a lady in an SUV to drive past. And she just leaned out of her window and waved at me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what, what she was reacting to. I was, I like looked behind me. I was like, are you waving at somebody else? I was the only person around. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, it, on one level, I, I try to not be too worried about what other people think of me because i think it's a bit of a trap like mm -hmm. you know nobody's ever thinking about what you're up to as much as you are right and and therefore nobody's reaction is ever quite as big as you worry it's going to be but then shit like that happens and i'm like well, i don't know what to think yeah <laughs> uh scott don't worry about like if you don't worry about like your laugh or whatever <laughs> Laughing out loud is Scott's stifling important part of this tell. show. Because he just wants to, he just wants to let loose. I can tell. <laughs> his his engine's that. revving. I just he just wants to let her, he just wants to open her up. Well, we should uh, we should explain <clears throat> to the listeners um, our our beloved uh, normal engineer James Black is away on paternity leave. Is he not? Uh, he is, and uh, we've changed locales, and now we're at our beloved abnormal engineer, uh, Scott Anderson's house. Uh, good friend of mine, good friend of James, longtime friends. Uh, he has uh, opened up his house to me also, very kind. So uh, that's where we'll be for the, well, at least where I will be for the next, uh, foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, I should say. And is that a dog that I hear? Yep. It wow. is. Nice. Clacking around? Yep, that's <laughs> Oliver, the black pug. He's Oliver uh, the Black Pug. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, Best buds. Maybe my favorite tw Twitter joke I've done in the last month or two is that pugs answer the question, what would it look like if we put the head of an angry baby on the body of a cat? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Show up in Skype. Oh, yeah, you can, just, you can just see the silhouette. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. He's, he's hilarious. Uh, pretty good. 
it's pretty great. Every time I come over, he uh, he grabs whatever toy. I'm sure it's the same with all visitors, but he grabs a, a whatever toy is closest and uh, uh-huh. and then just does like a parade around me. <laughs> and then at a certain point, changes directions and does it the other way. And it's just the, the most adorable thing. Nice. He's He's hurting you. He's hurting me, yeah, in a circle. I'm standing still. He's just <laughs> losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you uh, if you have the same problem in New York as we do here, but there is a, an invasion of insects known as midges. Uh, have you ever heard of a midge? No. It's like a, it looks like a mosquito, but it's uh, part of the fly family apparently. And uh, are mosquitoes not flies? Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe they're all part of the same family. I didn't know, but it just they, they made the distinction that it looks like a mosquito, but it's it yeah. doesn't bite. They don't bite, but they do. They, there's massive plumes of them. So when you walk through them, you know they're they're stupid. They're very dumb. They just like land on you. <laughs> and they on your face, in your mouth, up your nose, in your hair. And I read that the the sounds pl- delightful. Yeah. I read that the the plumes are actually um, mating swarms. So just you know. While you're walking through them, there's just a whole lot of lovemaking going on, you know? Wow. And they're in your hair. In, yeah, it's horrible. But I, I, a... I walk past the, uh, through a swarm. We're actually walking in one direction the other day. I was going to a friend's house for dinner. And as we were walking, we saw one guy like a block away taking his hat off and like just going <laughs> mental, just going mental. And, and we're like, look at that guy. That's hilarious. Cause you know, they're, they're usually like small swarms. Like you can walk through them and that's it. This guy, as he approaches us, is like, don't go that way. Don't go that way. And, and we're like, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And then we found out why it was literally one block of <laughs> as far as you could see in one block. And I turned back as we get to the other end, like we're heads down, like it was a blizzard, like a snowstorm, you know, head down, covering your face. I turn back and, and it, the sun is like coming at us and I look up and it just looked like we we're, I don't know where, like wherever. Like a sandstorm in that movie, The Mummy? Exactly right, yeah, except it was insects, yeah. Gross. It was disgusting. And you know, we're just like, they're coming out of your hair for like the next five minutes, it's disgusting. Oh man, I I would think that that far north, you know, wouldn't have the same kinds of problems that they do in the Amazon basin. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I looked, I looked up, you know, I just typed in bug swarms Toronto, and then I found out that it was uh, they're called midges. But in Scotland, a midge is a mosquito. So my whole life growing up, because my parents are Scottish, like growing up, they would always say, "Look out for the midges." They call them midges, and. uh Wow. So, do, your, do your parents have Scottish accents? Yes, they do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. As does the rest of my Scottish family who live in Scotland, but that's not a surprise. I guess that that's less of a surprise. Yes. Yeah. So do you, can you put on a brogue if you, uh, you want to pass? Yep, I can. Pass? I can. Yeah. Oh, I, man. Yeah. No, oh, not, man. I'm not doing it. Tell me about the midges, Chris. <laughs> Tell me about the midges. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm more liable to do it when unprovoked because when provoked, I just, uh, my, you know, my head retracts into my shirt and uh, I can, I can commiserate with that. I've been trying to teach myself Spanish for about a year and every time I'm near a Spanish speaker and also my fiance, she'll be like, Ben, speak some Spanish, speak some Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, Immediately turn into the meekest human being on planet Earth. <laughs> oh, shucks. No, I couldn't. Yeah. 
My 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 uncle is a very linguistically uh, talented person, and uh, I once asked him to to talk some Chinese to me, and he said, "I can't just talk Chinese to you. Language is a vehicle; it's a tool that you use to get meaning across. It's not just it's not a performative act." Right. Maybe if he had like a poem chambered, I could ask him to recite it, but. <laughs> Anyways, this is a long way of saying I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but do some funny Scottish shit. Uh, 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 that's, that's it. There you go. That's it. Um, it was very, very believable. Do you know? Do you know? Uh, as long as we're on the Scottish tip for a minute, do you uh, know what Iron Brew is? Um, no, Iron Brew. I do. It's a. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a Scottish soda. It's I, I don't know what the flavor is. I'm not exactly sure. It's very like floral. It tastes like scone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> filthy. Tastes filthy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's I, I forget. I, I used to crack Scott up because I would tell him the, I would sing him the Iron Brew song, which. Uh, <clears throat> That's not me clearing my throat to do a rendition, by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's it's how I. It's how I, Once the once we hit record, uh-huh. you know how much I clear my throat. But Iron Brew, yeah, it's it's this. Uh, there's Iron why, Brew. Wait, why are you tapping that conductor's baton on the top of your music stand? <laughs> You're not gonna sing it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, Scott wrote down like while we were talking about Scotland, he wrote down Iron Brew sponsor question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll contact the good people at Iron Brew. Consider it. I'll, I'll bring you one uh, at the end of the month. Sounds good. Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to see each other in person, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell me what, uh, what's been going on? Well, I uh, cleaned out my closet this week. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I was making the change over from winter to summer, and obviously all the, you know, wool sweaters and jackets and whatnot are taking up a lot of space, and I want to get those out of there and put in my straw hats and my <laughs> espadrilles and my linen suits mm-hmm. and whatnot. Right. And uh, I... I uh, I really had to face some grim facts in doing this, Chris. <laughs> I uh I have four pairs of shorts in my in my possession mm-hmm. and I am too fat for all four pairs <laughs> now, which I was not last summer. And and you know, like last summer I had a couple of, you know, shirtless beach days in which I was conscious of the fact that I wish I didn't look so shitty with my shirt off. Wait, by shirtless beach days, you mean you were at a topless beach? <laughs> well, I was at some topless beaches, actually. Okay. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, Why would In you? New York State, technically, all beaches are top optional. Uh, I mean, there's a better way of saying that, right? What is it? Top-tional. Come on. Top Top-tional? Yeah. I, yeah, but yeah, I get in trouble time. for saying mocktail and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you were to say optional, I would have shut this off and walked away from this podcast forever. In uh, in honor of how amazing it would have been. Anyway, well, next time. You your t shirt can be optional and mine can be spaz, spaz for, for space. space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be how how we how we monetize this bad boy. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. So I. I'm fatter than I used to be and and I'm 
you know, in some ways I've been very lucky. I, um, you know, I'm a 30 year old and I've basically had the metabolism of a hummingbird up till now. (laughs) And have you only been having uh, uh, sugar water your entire life or whatever nectar? Um, more like just entire pints of Ben and Jerry's, uh, (laughs) but you know, I, I don't know. So it's catching up with you. It's catching up with me. I just, I feel like everybody else that I know has had 10 years to learn how to eat so that they don't look disgusting. And I've been blithely cruising along doing whatever the hell I wanted with zero consequences. And, uh, you know, (laughs) the chickens have come home to roost and... (laughs) I either deep need fr- to deep accept my has, new, huh? I either need to accept my new vastly less sexy physique or <laughs> learn how to control myself. And uh, one I'm, is definitely, I'm really, I'm really not up for either. One is definitely easier than the other, but uh, you know, you decide which one of those, which one of those is which. I guess. So is it? It is. It's a case of metabolism. Like your diet hasn't changed over the winter. You're just uh, no, no, not at all. Okay. I, I. I have not really changed the way I eat since, I guess, there was a period in college where I I didn't eat meat for like a year and a half, but generally speaking, my diet hasn't changed since, in a major way, since since high school when I stopped drinking soda. So that's like, like, that is like the one austerity measure that I have in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like everything else, like I... I have a fridge shelf that has like the fats of several different kinds of animals because I like to, you know, make a grilled cheese sandwich with goose fat sometimes. Wow. And I don't think that that's like necessarily the culprit in this, but I think, I mean, it's certainly not, you know, like like it's something that I could examine as a, as a solution to the problem. Let's start with that. No more goose fat grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah. Um, should I just I, I should just stick to chicken fat then? Yeah, any other any other uh, bird will do. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was uh, heading down to a friend's house this weekend, and uh, I was I was riding my bike, and a couple of like bike messenger type guys were uh, in the bike lane near me, mm-hmm. and I just I overheard one of them go, "I'm fucking thirty now, man." I can't just eat slices of pizza at 3 a.m. anymore. My my metabolism fucking sucks. <laughs> he's saying and what I you're was thinking. Like, yeah, he's he's. I was like, that is something that I need to get used to. And this dipshit with a fucking messenger bag and a fixie has yeah. <laughs> a better understanding of that than I do at this point. Well, I mean, the late night eating thing has got to be. That's got to be the first thing to go. You can't. Yeah, you certainly can't. Like. You ever wake up with a stomach full of pizza from 3 a.m. that morning earlier that morning? It's just ugh. I do it. <laughs> I still do it occasionally, but it's uh, yeah. I refuse to learn the lesson. So what's going on with your week this this week, Chris? I spent the last couple of weeks trying to get tickets to see the Milk Carton Kids, who are uh, I don't know a duo, a two piece, just acoustic guitar um, folk artists, and uh, cool. It's kind of in the vein of like Simon and Garfunkel esque, I guess, but. Uh, um, anyway, so I, you know, took to social media to see if anybody could help me out and the milk carton kids themselves were kind enough to retweet, but to no avail. And you know, at the end of the week when you get like a, a Twitter, uh, activity report sometimes, you yeah. get that? um, 
I guess like 1300 people, which was, I didn't know anybody was seeing it, you know, but 13 people put eyes on that and, uh, not a one came to my rescue. So, uh, jerks, I, pre- I appreciate the effort, but, uh, anyway, so I went down to the venue and tickets were ex- like crazy expensive. They must've been, uh, sold out for a while, but, uh, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the band. Like Scott had put me onto them recently and, uh, and I didn't really know much of their material, but it just was one of those things you could pretty much guarantee it would be a great, a great live show, you know? Um, so I took a chance. I went down there and, um, I got in line and, uh, went to the front, like I got to the door and I said like, don't laugh. I know it's like been sold out for months, but are there any tickets at the door? And I was expecting actually to get laughed out of the line and she said, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, no, there's tickets. And I'm like, really? Oh my God. So yeah, $20. I got to go see this show that tickets, uh, some people were paying like $110 for. Wow. So, uh, I felt like I'd won the lottery. Yeah, I felt like I won the lottery. Um, but it was, you know, phenomenal experience. Um, you know, like it's not unlike your film experience, like just only I didn't know these people and, uh, watching them, uh, it was really strange. It was almost like the voices were disembodied from the people on stage. It was so crystal clear and so perfect. And you know, really well engineered, would you say? Well, I mean, they sang into one microphone. Like, they play guitar facing each other and singing into one microphone. Wow. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, and not knowing the material on the record, you know, um, it just sounded like a recording. You know, it sounded so perfect. Anyway. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't, uh, I don't find myself wanting to go to concerts that much. And I think that one of the main things that, I really don't like about going to concerts is they're often way, way too loud to be mm-hmm. enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always, I always wonder, like, are the guys that mix concerts just so deaf that they need it to be this loud to really like feel it themselves? Mm-hmm. And like, why is this appealing to all three hundred people in this room so so much so that they are willing to part with money to do it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think my friends and I have been going to concerts for as long as I can, you know, since our teenage years. And yeah, uh, I, I I think I go, I know I go less and less, but uh, this type of show was very appealing to gray haired, you know, there was a good mix of people, let's say a good mix of range of ages. Uh, And it was a seated show, which, you know, at this point, it's like a you know a, an absolute bonus to Major be sitting bonus. down. Yeah, yeah, because you know no my lower mosh back. pit with your Gibson Martini. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Only when only when appropriate. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that sounds great. That sounds yeah. like a really uh, terrific show. It was it was really great. Great storytellers. Nice. Um, well, when you were telling me about it on email, I was I was picturing a couple of uh, a couple of hayseeds, as Dave Hill would put it, with. Uh, <laughs> You know, overalls and straw hats, and you know, a uh, shoot of uh, of wheat in between <laughs> their teeth. Yeah. Uh, well, these guys it sounds, are. It sounds more like kind of the uh, pre rock and roll tradition of folk music than the bluegrass country western tradition of it. Yeah, I think I may have said bluegrass, like bluegrass folk, but it's not really bluegrass. It is more folk than bluegrass. But what's the name of the movie that they're... I mean, it's Inside um, Lou and Davis, but what's Another the, Place, Another Time. Another Place, Another Time, the concert uh, f- film of the, the music of in, uh, Inside Lou and Davis, the Coen Brothers film, and uh, oh, that's nice. where 
yeah, that's where um, I was introduced to them. So cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like uh, I feel like that's a great a great thing for the week, and I feel like my drink that I picked out for you is going to be so far off the mark because I was picturing a totally different experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I mean, let's. I I understand where you're coming from, and I was totally totally fine with it so well why don't we get into them huh yeah let's do it okay chris well the uh the concert that i envisioned you going to being a a uh decidedly more down home country-fied affair (laughs) than the one that you actually wound up going to uh (laughs) I picked out a cocktail for you called Moon of the Rise, which uh, you can do with either moonshine or white whiskey. Um, and uh, my, my, my uh, moonshine's not ready for another week or so. It's in the bathtub. So oh, sure. I, yeah, I, uh, I had to go with the white whiskey. Yeah, well, so this is uh, two ounces of white whiskey in that case, an ounce of dry vermouth, Six drops of citrus bitters, a lemon peel, and a grapefruit peel. And what you're going to do is twist the lemon peel inside your chilled cocktail glass and rub the oil from that peel all over the inside of the glass. And then you do the same with the grapefruit peel, uh, and you'll actually discard that one. And then in a mixing glass, add uh, your boozes with ice and uh, stir it briskly and until the glass becomes cold and then strain into the cocktail glass and then garnish with that same lemon peel that you used before. Okay. Um, and I guess maybe we should talk about like moonshine versus white whiskey a little bit. I think that, that I mean, they're functionally similar. I think white whiskey tends to be 80 proof, whereas moonshine can be a lot higher, but basically it's whiskey that has not been finished it's unfinished whiskey and young whiskey finished finished and by aging it in barrels um and it's like i think it's been pretty trendy for a long time like white white whiskey has been has been uh has been a trend and i Mm -hmm. think that that to some extent comes from the fact that they've been opening up a lot of distilleries, at least in the United States, this is true. They've been opening up a lot of new distilleries and uh, distilleries, you know, need to make money and white whiskey is something that they can sell pretty quickly. Whereas mm-hmm. an aged whiskey, you know, it's, it's hard to sustain a business where you can't sell any product until, you know, you've been operating it for six or eight years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why well, the, there's so much of it on the market, but it's also weird that it's expensive. You know, it's like I think you said that you spent forty dollars on your bottle. It's like yeah, probably the cheapest type of alcohol to make. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I that as I said to you before, it's I think uh, White Owl is the name of the one I got, and it's the only one I've had before. It's the only one that was at the liquor store, right? Um, uh, but I guess we have the advantage. I mean, I know you've got liquor store chains there. I don't know which which ones you've got, but I'm sure they've got like the store to store capability. Where that's what the LCBO has up here. You can just ask, oh, do you have any white whiskey? Uh-huh. And if they don't have it there, they can tell you where they do. So it's nice. kind of handy in tracking it down. But um, uh, I know Buffalo Trace has a, a 
they have a white alcohol and i don't know if it's a bourbon because i guess typically i don't know what else they make actually the the people that make buffalo trace but they have a a, a, a version of it I, I guess but i'm not sure if it's uh traditional whiskey or if it's their take on it i don't know yeah well um it's an interesting new development and uh i'm glad we finally got a cocktail featuring it because it's one of the one of the ones that we haven't uh, addressed yet on this show yeah and one of the ones we have addressed uh, over and over again is gin and that's what your uh cocktail is it's uh rather appropriately named and rather straightforward it's not very fun, but it's called the uh, Spring Cleaning Cocktail. I think, as far as I could tell, that's what it was called. Um, I was tempted to give you, uh, there was a cocktail that did not have a name. I think it just, it was called like Orange Vodka or something uh, <laughs> because it used orange vodka. Like there was no name, but it was, it was, it was a low calorie cocktail, you know. Yeah. You know, they have a place, I suppose, but uh, they don't have a place here. No. Right? No way. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'll just so do a bunch of push-ups after the episode to burn off the calories. <laughs> yeah. Sure. From this uh, the drink I have for you is called Spring Cleaning. It's uh, I, I suppose it's not a boring drink, but it's certainly not a, an exciting name. Um, but uh, <laughs> Nobody likes spring cleaning. No. Um, but maybe this is what you drink for the act of spring cleaning um, to get you through it. Uh, so it's uh, one and a half ounces of gin, uh, an ounce and a half of Pisco, four cherries, uh, three dashes of bitters, uh, and three sugar cubes. Um, you want to shake the gin, pisco, and bitters on ice, uh, strain into a vessel of choice, uh, drop sugar cubes in and crush, uh, give it a couple of brisk stirs while you're at it, uh, and that's it, ready to go. All righty, well, what do you say we uh, go make these bad boys? Let's go make these drinks. <laughs> Okay, Chris, we're back. Try your drink. I will try mine. We will talk about them. Cheers. Holy smokes. <laughs> smoky. That's smoky moonshine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in this, our uh, digital age of equality, I don't want to say this is a man's drink, but... Uh, like ladies be warned it will put hair on your chest <laughs> it, it's it's um you know some ladies are into that some aren't yeah, uh, yeah some men a, are into that and some aren't yeah exactly but it doesn't uh, have anything to do with gender chris oh exactly that's what i'm getting at stop it's, being uh, so heteronormative uh it's a it's a problem uh, um yeah i uh this is a very it's a bold drink this is a uh, as we've called them before uh, a sipper yeah, no less, no less mine. I uh, oh. I appreciate that there are three sugar cubes in this drink, but I do not think that they are sweetening it at all. Uh, the, really? Uh, th- yeah, they. I mean, I just think that crushing them up once the drink is already mixed, you know, they're being crushed in cold liquid. Yeah. My guess is that they, the sugar can't really dissolve in in the liquid that much when it's that cold yeah i mean i would I, when i was reading the uh recipe it's a very strange recipe it is and and, and i think it's from a, a, a questionable source to be fair um well, it, 
perhaps an amateur cocktail. Yeah, yeah and I didn't want maker. to d- discredit it or disregard it just for that reason. I mean, if somebody made this drink up, then let's not let's give it a chance, you know. But yeah, uh, but I, I think I was, maybe I noticed on the uh, page that the web page that you sent me with the recipe that uh, somebody had had to go in and correct because whoever posted this uh, this recipe originally posted it as in in centiliters, and they put in put the pisco portion as 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 something like 15 ounces of of pisco <laughs> which is uh i mean I, th- I think a rather a rather large cocktail <laughs> i can't remember exactly where i found it but i'm you know just by the fact that it's called spring cleaning it may actually have been like a home website like or something like that you know yeah. um i it's not it's not a bad drink i think it's it's more interesting than it really deserves to be yeah, um, but it's. Uh, I would say. Not 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 my favorite drink I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I I kind of anticipated that, um, <laughs> but uh, I figured let's take a chance, you know. I mean, yeah. here I went know, out and I, got these special cherries. No, here you look. I mean, you'll find a use for the cherries. I'm just glad that you didn't tell me this drink was two eighties. <laughs> you actually opened up this time. You took you took a chance on me, and I, I appreciate took, that. I buddy. took a chance. It's 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 not terrible. It's definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't you know send it back at a at a restaurant or anything. No, I mean there's. I mean, how many drinks would you actually send back? Even your favorite drink, you probably wouldn't send back. I definitely wouldn't send back my favorite. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I mean, a bad version of your favorite drink. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would keep drinking. That's what it. I mean. Yeah. I actually, I uh, I've been passing by this new coffee shop in my neighborhood recently and i have i have a couple of faves in the neighborhood but this place looked kind of cool and and interesting and it's a little bit further from my house than i normally go but i decided to give it a shot this morning and i went in and spent i think three dollars more than i usually spend for my morning croissant and coffee mm-hmm. at this place yeah. and the croissant was stale, and the coffee was not oh, as no. good as the place that I normally go. <laughs> I felt sucker. Yeah, I sat there and ate it, and I, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a lesson to be learned: never try anything new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick to what you know. Which is sort of the opposite of the ethos of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> as you just demonstrated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how about your drink? Are you? Uh, how does it? How does it? Uh, does it does it miss the mark as as wide as I think it may? Well, I to be fair, it uh, it certainly fits more with uh, a bluegrass yeah. moonshiny type show, maybe. Yeah, but uh, if I would have had one of these beforehand, I may have disrupted the concert. <laughs> <laughs> I may have been because uh, you could hear a pin drop in this place. You know, it was a really creaky old room. Yeah. So anytime someone stood up to go out of the room or or you know they even shuffled in their seats like kind of uh-huh. moved around in their seats it, it creaked and you could hear it over the music which that's how quiet it was in there did, did anybody have to ask you to not clear your throat every 10 seconds and this is what i'm saying there's no <laughs> microphone in my face so i didn't have to <laughs> you know yeah i save it all up in the same way that if i had been there i would not have been burping <laughs> yeah exactly exactly right um yeah, but it's it's a good drink. Uh, but uh, as I say, it is uh, one you take it very slow. Take your time.
Chris, uh, we got a an interesting request over the Twitters from mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Cameron, who's uh, requested drinks from us in the past. Oh, uh, she has, yeah. Uh, she, uh, I, she may be our our biggest fan. <laughs> I, um, I'd say if she wants I, the title, it's all hers. Clearly, we're hers because this is the second time she's been on the show in uh, eight weeks. Yeah, um, but uh, she uh, she asked for some advice about finding the stranger alcohols that we uh, that we uh, recommend in various recipes on the show, and I thought mm-hmm. it was uh, a good topic for us to address. Not something that either of us is particularly expert in. Um, and I actually had an object lesson in how much not a problem this is in my life uh, right. this afternoon because about half an hour before we were supposed to record, I got the crazy idea that I wanted the cherries in my uh, my Moon of the Rise cocktail to be moonshine cherries. No, it wasn't Moon of the Rise. It was uh, spring cleaning. Oh, excuse me. Uh Yours is the moon of the rice. That's right. And my in my spring cleaning cocktail to be uh, to to be moonshine cherries, and I quickly did a Google search, uh, rode my bike a few blocks away, bought some moonshine cherries, and was back with ten minutes to spare before we started recording. So, well, I um, see. I'm I, my problem is that we are uh, our alcohol uh, selection is under lock and key of our socialist government. So yeah, so uh, you have you have probably a more a more uh, intense experience of this than i do living in my uh in my capitalist paradise of brooklyn new york yeah i mean uh it, it's uh no there to be fair there's it is it depends on the location of the liquor store that you're going yeah. into but and, they are and like in the I united said, states it can i i'm sure it's somewhat like this in canada but in the united states it it is a hundred percent different from one state to the next yeah uh, yeah it's the same we here. have states like in like you know, Toronto's got the liquor control board, and we have that in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, for example, here mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, you have to buy all of your booze from the government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just such a weird, weird relationship. But uh, yeah, see, for us, it's a novelty if if we ever make the trip to Quebec because you can buy beer in a gas station, which you can. Can you do that? Do gas stations sell beer at your uh, in New York? Uh, I don't know if gas stations do. I don't really have much cause to go to gas stations because yeah, i'm not a car person at all but yeah uh they they do they do in a lot of places i know they do in california and they do in texas for example um mm. in texas you can't buy any alcohol in a store after midnight which i learned when i was there right um we uh we walked up to the counter in a gas station at like twelve fifteen one night with a six pack of beers that we were going to take back to my friend's place. And the guy was very nice, but he said that he could, could not sell the six pack to us. Even, even though he was a big fan of the particular micro brew that we had picked out <laughs> and wanted to talk to us about it at great length, despite not being able to sell it to us. <laughs> <laughs> and you quickly lost interest. I, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, well, what strategies do you, do you pursue Chris? I mean, I've thrown a couple of curveballs at you and you've, generally been able to find things well like i said um at the top of the show we have the we can you just look it up online go to our liquor store website and it'll tell you what store has whatever it is you're looking for in in what quantity so oh, that's cool can they ship from store to store if you request that or is that 
not uh, a service they provide? You know, that's a good question. I don't know the answer, but um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, the liquor stores aren't so far away in the city that you can't yeah. make the trek. I mean, if it's you know last minute, then you're probably shit out of luck. But um, right. But yeah, so it, it, sometimes if we don't, ca- they don't carry certain alcohols at all or brands or whatever. So you're just you really are out of luck. So yeah, uh, that's our options. That they they are exhausted that way. Well, I was I was thinking about this problem and I wrote down four strategies that I think are four things that you can potentially try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if any of these is really guaranteed to work, but are probably all worth trying. So the first one is ordering online. And that sounds like to some extent what you do, where well, you're, I guess you're not ordering it, but you're checking availability and tracking it down. Yeah. Um, and there are like, I, I know like BevMo, which is a big liquor store chain here in the States yep. will ship to some States, but not others. Like in New York, you can't, take shipments of liquor at all you can get wine though and beer so i don't really know like how i guess it must be by alcohol by volume um but you know depending on your on your state you should be able to find good online options um and then i had the idea that if you have like a local cocktail bar that has cool kind of unusual stuff uh you know sometimes bars deal with distributors directly but a lot of cocktail bars actually go out and buy some of their weirder stuff in person um you know i know for example there's a few bars in my neighborhood where i've seen bartenders like walk out in the middle of service walk down the street to a liquor store and come back with a couple of mm-hmm. bottles of something and, and if you if you can make friends with a bartender and say that you're you know interested in uh, learning more about this stuff at home. Can you recommend a store that has some of the more mm-hmm. esoteric stuff? That might be a good strategy. Um, uh, and then perhaps more at the extreme, and we probably can't really recommend and is uh, making <laughs> friends with somebody in another state or with better access and having them ship stuff to you on the down low. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I, I'm not really sure how much trouble you could get in for doing that, um, but I don't know. Maybe if uh, you know if you've got Twitter friends or whatever, uh, or or if you're you know going on vacation somewhere that's got uh, cool liquor stores, read up ahead of time and um, you know plan on plan on shipping yourself a box of stuff or or whatever. Um, and then the last, the last idea I had was just uh, was roll your own. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, I did a quick Amazon search, and there are like at least half a dozen really good looking books on infusing liqueurs and you know making bitters and making uh, shrubs and other weird cocktail ingredients. Um, and uh, if if something's a little too strange. Uh, to find, you know, like creme de violette is, uh, that's a hard thing to find in, in any city, I think. But, uh, if, if you, you know, found a good recipe somewhere, you could probably make it, uh, easier than you could, uh, you know, find it. Yeah. And it's not too far off. I mean, and and that's, and that shit is super fun. I mean, I, I've, I've infused tons of stuff. Like I have, I have homemade shrub. Right now, I have homemade grenadine. I have uh, 
some homemade limoncello that my mother made <laughs> and sent uh-huh. me on hand at the moment. I mean, I think that like like you know, if this is if this is a hobby that you're actually interested in, like that that's just like another way to like to advance that hobby and and it's I think that it's cool to have interesting ingredients on hand. Mm-hmm. Through through doing this show, for example, I ha- I now have uh, a ginger simple syrup and a cinnamon simple syrup in my fridge, mm-hmm. and uh, you know my mind is racing trying to come up with cool <laughs> things to do with those. <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and uh, so I would I would uh, I would recommend that. Yeah, I mean it's not as I was going to say it's not too far off. You know, it's just another kind of cooking or baking, really. You know, it's just it's. Uh it's the next step in uh, in in a hobby, I suppose, and it, it doesn't have to be too difficult. Is I mean, not that I've ever done any of that stuff, but I mean, some of these recipes we've recommended call for something as simple as I think Cameron's drink was uh, it was like a rhubarb syrup or something, if I am not mistaken. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's a real basic sort of entry level way. I yeah, mean, you can find yeah. rhubarb in uh, just about any store. And, and a simple syrup is like the easiest thing in the world to make. It's literally mm-hmm. just boiling some sugar and water with an ingredient. Yeah. If, if it you know if it calls for that. Yeah, it's really just about being being adventurous, being willing to uh, willing to fail, and uh, and uh, yeah, and if all else fails, you know, break the law and have somebody illegally ship you alcohol across state lines yeah i didn't say i mean i suppose i should have been the one to say that because you're in the place where you get in trouble but right we'll just uh well Well, this is this is the united states chris we're trouble to everybody (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, i don't know what you're talking about i I shouldn't laugh because uh, (laughs) it's not fair you can laugh i can't Well, Chris, we also got a uh, a request of a beverage from Stephanie Sparer. She mm-hmm. writes uh, on on the Twitter to our at Drink About It Twitter account. She writes, "My little cousin is getting bar mitzvahed, and I will be seeing a lot of relatives that I haven't seen in years." And she put about seven S's on the end of years. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I I I was I was feeling like there's kind of a lot of different ways to go with this. One would be, you know, kind of comfort food, something that everybody could could mm-hmm. gather around. Another would be kind of like a cocktail that ev- evokes blast from the past type mm-hmm. of emotions. Um the direction I thought was best to go was a cocktail that could be easily de-alcoholed so that you could have one for the kids. And uh, one for the grown-ups because, uh, you know, there's just always a lot of 13-year-olds at a bar mitzvah. I mean, that's like, that's a surefire way of uh, having a lot of drunk teens on your hand, mixed up drinks and the like. Yeah, well, I, that is actually why 13-year-olds go to bar mitzvahs, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I think actually what will happen is the old switcheroo. The teens are going to get wise way before They're going to get wise adults. before, yeah. yeah. The adults are going to be sloshed. Yeah, so Stephanie, uh, be forewarned. Yeah, so this is the Blood Orange Cocktail. And it's just two and a half ounces of fresh squeezed blood orange juice, two and a half ounces of white grape juice, and two ounces of vodka, um, which you can uh, exclude if uh, if children are supposed to be drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, sparkling water. So you just fill your glass with ice, 
pour in the juice and the vodka and give it a little stir top with the sparkling water um the recipe i found recommended using uh lemon lime soda if you want it sweeter but i don't recommend that because then you'll end up like me with a bunch of shorts that don't fit anymore <laughs> so uh, yeah so you can uh you can put the vodka in or take it out um and uh that looks like a real yummy thing to drink either way uh you uh, i mean not to be an asshole but you can put the vodka in or you can leave it out you can't actually take it out once it's put in uh, oh yeah that's true you can't un <laughs> unscramble an egg can you <laughs> no no you certainly can't uh, so, Stephanie, I hope that's to your liking. I, uh, as you said, Ben, I'm not sure what the angle is. If the years, the, the S's in years means she's uh, got nerves about seeing the family she hasn't seen in a long time, and maybe she needs to numb those nerves. So <laughs> maybe you just uh, double the alcohol content if that's the case. Yeah, sure. You know? It'll make it a lot of... A lot harsher of a beverage, yeah. but uh, maybe take that's all, what you need. Take all the, the, the pleasant aspects of that drink right out of it. Yeah. Who needs them? Um, well, uh, yeah. Anyways, I hope you enjoy that, Stephanie. If you if you make it, uh, take a picture. Send it to us. I, I don't know if this is going to get out in time for the bar mitzvah or not, but uh, but it would be really fun to see a bunch of kids with inflated guitars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Girls lined up on one side, boys lined up on the other side of the dance floor, uh, and you trashed dancing to a Rihanna song in the middle. <laughs> yeah, with a with like with your bubby probably. <laughs> don't want to uh, put too much pressure on our friend Scott here but uh, you know when we do like plugs and stuff at the end of the show like oh, I don't know how many years ago was Scott joined Twitter uh -huh. um, <laughs> Scott joined Twitter probably a couple years ago and it was probably a couple of years after I said you should be on Twitter it'd be fun and then uh, <laughs> he tweeted once and uh, it was about playing uh, can you remember what the tweet was exactly yeah, so anyway, I think, do you know what, what is your, uh, I'm just trying to check it now, but you don't know what your handle is? Oh, okay, well, you know what, we're going to put that up, because we want we'll people put it, to, We'll put it up on the website. And we want everyone that's listening to this, that's on Twitter, to add Scott to your, uh, to follow Scott, and uh, maybe we can encourage him to to contribute more. Yeah, and fo follow us, too, while you're, while you're at it. Yeah. I mean, we have dick for Twitter followers. <laughs> Even though, we have, we have literally hundreds of listeners at this point and can i tell you like my my uh i just don't know how to use twitter i guess because i i people start to follow me and then they uh, then different people will unfollow me they, they <laughs> so my you have a one in one out policy it's huh? true I, well no I've, I've kind of i've gained so it's maybe like a two in one out policy i don't know oh but, wow. uh, that's good yeah it's uh, it makes it, it keeps things fresh you know yeah. Um, so you can find me at, at Crispy Chicken. And I'm at Benjamin R. That's Benjamin A-H-R. And uh, if you have a, a drink request uh, to be paired with a live event, you can uh, tweet Send it. Send that shit to us. Yeah, at Drink About It. Uh, yeah. And uh, so this week, very special thank you to Scott Anderson, who is our engineer for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and a big fuck you to James Black, who isn't <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, new dad. Jerk. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we should thank uh, Paul Watling for uh, 
the funny pictures of us and Graham Walsh for the uh, for the music that you have been enjoying when you weren't hearing the grating sounds of our voice <laughs> on this episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back at you next week with two new life events, perhaps more, and a bunch of cocktails that pair with those life events, hopefully better than the ones that we came up this week. Oh, good. Yeah, this was a bit of a, st- a stinker of a week. But. An off week. Yeah, Frank Charlton, don't make these. Don't make these. <laughs> yeah. hey, wait till you see the photos that I took of these things. Oh, God. Terrible. Anyway. My, f- my photo came out amazing. It did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. First, you get first a high-end good photo camera. I've taken in the in- entire history of the show. Uh, you got a high-end camera. I got this piece of shit phone camera. This, is, this was an iPhone picture. It was? Yep. Oh, well, then I stand corrected. I'm just a shit photographer. Yep. Um, okay. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you or hear you or tune in next week. Something like that. Later, potato. Later, potato. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Wait. Our, uh, what was our uh, our listenership is now called Whizbangers. Oh, yeah. Later, Whizbangers. Take it easy, Whizbangers. <laughs> <laughs>